Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Alibis, the true crime podcast from three friends sharing their perspectives from having years of 911 dispatch experience. Episode 21. Looking back, case update, episode one. On today's episode, Jess and I discuss updates in the Gabby Petito case and the Catherine Grossby case. Hey, Jess, how are you? You know, pretty good. Yeah. It's hot. Oh, God, it's really hot. And I'm a wilting flower, but I'm good. (laughs) Anything exciting? I don't feel like anything too exciting recently. I live a very boring life, and I like it that way. (laughs) You're comfortable with your boring? I'm I'm comfortable with my easy come, easy go kind of life. I got a tattoo. Oh, yeah, you got another one. Beautiful tattoo. Well, that's cool. I'm kind of jealous of your boring life. Hi, I like it may not be exciting, but I feel like I'm always busy. (laughs) Yeah. How have you been? Good. I mean, I graduated nursing school. Jess is at my party. It was a pretty good time. I finally got my test date. So that's cool. I had to push back my start date and the PICU and pediatric unit here, but that's okay. I'm just going to embrace it and have fun this summer. Like, we just went to Disneyland, me, Jess, and Kylie. So we had a blast. I cried when we went on the Star Wars ride. That's okay. I cried when we went on the Harry Potter ride at Universal Studios. You did. And (laughs) I just think we all were in awe. I think Kylie loved the Jurassic World ride, right? Like, Yes. Yeah. Which, by the way, we went on like, what, two or three times? I don't remember. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Okay. It was pretty good. It's my favorite. Then after that, I went to Colorado with Ryan, and we saw our friend Ryan and met his girlfriend, so that was fun. You know, kids always keeping me busy. I started playing soccer, so that's cool. Woohoo! Um, on the Hufflepuffs, right? Yeah, my team is called the Hufflepuffs, and I didn't <laughs> know. So my friend, Nicole... Um, who does listen to the podcast. So hi, Nicole. Her fiance plays on a soccer team. And she was like, you should come play soccer with him. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And then I showed up and they're like, our team's name is Huff- the Hufflepuffs. And I was all, I was made for this team. It was it's made destiny. for me. I belong yep. here. So other than that, you know, I'm pretty boring too. Just keeping busy and enjoying summer. And it's monsoon life. season. I'm excited about that. Yeah. That's like the best news because it's so hot. I grew up somewhere where the seasons are summer and uh, less warm summer. That's the only two that they that they have. And the temperatures regularly get into the triple digits. And I no longer have the endurance and constitution for something like that. I visited over the weekend for a friend's birthday party. Hi, Amanda. I know you listen. <laughs> and I had to bail early because I got like a headache, even though I was, I drank so much water and we were in the pool that I was like a hundred percent, like there's no other explanation other than just me being a little wilting flower. And I was like, it's too hot. <laughs> I am with you. And whenever anyone asks me, what's your favorite season? I'm like, monsoon season. Monsoon season. My favorite. Yes. If it yes. rained all the time, I would be happy. Yep. All right. So are you ready for some updates? Yeah, let me hear it. Okay. So I've got updates for the first one is for Gabby Petito. On Friday, June 24th, CNN released an article with information contained in the notebook 
that was found next to Brian Laundrie's remains. So you remember they found that notebook with all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember we mm-hmm. talked about how it was suspicious where he was found and yeah. What episode was that? Like episode two, the along for the ride, the Gabby Petito story. So if you haven't heard that one, take a listen back. I don't know. It was when we were first beginning. So, you know, the audio might be a little rough. So in the notebook, Laundry wrote, I'm sorry to everyone this will affect. Gabby was the love of my life, but I know adored by many. I'm so very sorry to her family because I love them, which I'm like, okay. I don't know how much of that I believe, but Mm -hmm. Uh, he also wrote, if you were reading Gab's journal, looking at photos from our life together, flipping through old cards, you wouldn't want to live a day without her. Knowing that every day you will wake up without her, you wouldn't want to wake up. Which I'm like... Then why you kill her, bro? Yeah, that's my thought. Why would you murder her if you didn't want to live without her? Again, I say this so many times. I'm not an expert, but I don't believe his bullshit. Okay? Well, he goes on to say, Gabby was injured and he tried to help her. He said, I don't know the extent of Gabby's injuries, only that she was in extreme pain. I ended her life. I thought it was merciful and it is what she wanted, but I see now all the mistakes I made. I panicked, I was in shock, but from the moment I decided, took away her pain, I knew I couldn't go on without her. So So he admitted he killed her. Mm -hmm. But he claimed she was injured, which I'm like, okay, but the autopsy... So get her help. Yeah, and I think the autopsy would have shown if she was, like, injured before he fatally injured her. It's just another way for him to cover up and kind of control the narrative, in my mind. Yeah. Well, he he had to make a spectacle of this whole thing. Yeah, and he made it, like, a lot about him. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even about Gabby. I mean, yeah, there at first it was, like, about Gabby and stuff, but then when he was missing, I just remember it being a lot about, where's Brian Laundrie? Like, what does his family know? Blah, 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 well, blah, blah. And the whole, the whole bit he has where, like, I don't know the extent of her injuries, but it's what she wanted. I'm sorry, like if, she was begging if it's, for it. Yeah, like if if she's in that much pain from some sort of injury in which she is seriously begging you to kill her, how about you ask what's going on? Like <laughs> how about you just be like, "Hey, like I can't see any injury. Tell me where it hurts and we'll get you help." Yeah, I agree. Okay, on the last page released, Laundry Row, I have killed myself by this creek in the hopes that animals may tear me apart, that it may make some of her family happy. And then it also says, please pick up all my things. Gabby hated people who litter. There's like a link where you can see the letter that he wrote, like the whole letter, like someone typed it up and we'll mm-hmm. link that on our Facebook and stuff. Again, he's making it all about him, yep. right? Poor yep. Brian. He said he's sorry to his family. This is shock to them as well. A terrible grief. And then he wrote her a letter. He was like, Gabby, I wish I was right at your side. I wish I could be talking to you right now. I'd be going through every memory we've made, getting even more excited for the future. I can't live without you. I've lost every day we could have spent together, every holiday. I'll never get to play with. And then they couldn't make it out again. Never go hiking. I loved you more than anything. I can't bear to look at our photos to recall great times because it is why I cannot go on. When I close my eyes, I will think of laying on the roof of the van, falling asleep to the side of a meteor shower at the crystal geyser. I will always love you. I'm like, okay, well, 
if you meant all that, why did you treat her the way you treated her? And then the thing is, though, right? Usually in domestic violence situations, this kind of thing happens, like the murder happens when that person is losing control. Mm -hmm. And so does the like suicide. Um, Like my friend Tara pointed out, and I kind of already corrected, if he was experiencing some kind of mental health issue, he was probably more likely to commit suicide. And maybe this did throw him over the edge. And maybe in his own twisted, warped way, he did love her, right? Oh, yeah. I'm. That's definitely a possibility for sure. It definitely wasn't a healthy love. It was very toxic and it ended tragically. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's definitely not like a healthy Mm -hmm. relationship doesn't involve DVs on the side of the road. Yeah. It doesn't involve murdering someone and then saying you can't go on without them. Yeah. If you loved them so much, you would want them to have the help that they needed if in fact she was injured. I don't, I don't buy his story. I think from the video footage that I watched and stuff, I think it was pretty clear that things were reaching an all-time high in their relationship, like as far as the DV and stuff goes, and things were falling apart. And it wasn't this picture-perfect relationship that they had kind of portrayed on social media and stuff, and that was coming out. And he was losing control of the situation, and maybe she was ready to leave. Who knows? Yeah. So it's almost been a year since her death. Rocks have been made to form a cross at the memorial site of her death. And some of them have messages across them that say, rest in peace, sweet Gabby. RIP Gabby, you made your mark on us. Gabby Petito, such a beautiful soul taken away too soon. You are loved and will never be forgotten. And I kind of, in that 60 minute episode, I kind of went over how her dad said that she wanted to like make her mark on the world. So I thought it was kind of sweet that somebody wrote you made your mark on us it's really Mm -hmm. sad that this is the mark that she made because yeah brian being selfish right and another update remember we were talking about how brian's parents weren't going to be charged and there was nothing that they could like prove well Mm -hmm. the parents of gabby have been allowed to move forward with a lawsuit alleging brian's parents knew about gabby's murder sounds like it in his decision the circuit court judge hunter carroll said that Gabby's parents believe the laundries failed to act, and that includes not providing information on where Petito was or what had happened to her, like that she had died. Gabby's parents asked for more than $30,000 in damages for the mental anguish they suffered due to the alleged deceit of the laundries, and that's a quote. The lawsuit alleges the laundries' parents helped their son hide the homicide and were making plans for him to leave the country, which is what I thought was going on when he disappeared. I for sure thought right. he had already left the country. But it sounds like they think that they were making arrangements. They just didn't get the chance to follow through with that. A lawyer who represents the laundries has argued that the law did not oblige them to disclose any information on Gabby Petito and that they had a First Amendment right not to speak. And that was from an ABC report, which to me, it's like, okay, but obviously Brian was the way he was in some ways due to his upbringing, right? There had to have been Mm -hmm. something like, I'm not saying that that's always the case, but it seems like his parents didn't think that he should face the consequences for his actions. Right. And then in doing so, they selfishly wouldn't tell Gabby's parents what they knew. I, like I was saying in the episode, I think that they should have been charged criminally 
because I think that they definitely helped cover up the after effects. I definitely think that they tried to help him get out of the country. I definitely think there was a lot of shady stuff on their part. So I definitely agree that they should be able to go forward with this lawsuit. That's just my thought. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely guilt there for sure. Yeah. They didn't They didn't kill Gabby, but they participated in hiding and covering up the crime. Yeah, and they actively kind of participated in him escaping. Like, whether they knew he was going to commit suicide or not, right? Some way, somehow, they were following him. They were keeping surveillance on him. They got him confused with the mom, which I'm sure was not a mistake, right? Right. And he was able to escape. Yeah. In order to selfishly take his life because he didn't, again, want to face the consequences of his actions. And I don't know, maybe he was in this mental anguish from Gabby not being there, but like he took her vehicle. He drove all the way home. He didn't report anything. He avoided her parents. He took her money after he had already murdered her. I'm sorry, excuse my language, but what the fuck? Like, you don't love her at all. You you didn't love her. And that's really sad because she deserved and everyone deserves to be in a relationship that's healthy and where they are loved and where they are cared for. And mm-hmm. she didn't get to have that. So I also read that the laundry's had until the 15th and I hadn't seen anything yet. It's only five days later. So who knows if it's like public or not, but to appeal the judge's decision, but it sounds like they don't really have any reason to appeal it. Like I said, we'll post a link to his journal that you can read the full letter that he wrote to Gabby and you can kind of, they have pictures of it. You can go through, it's like crappy blue handwriting that is kind of smudgy because it was in his backpack where he died. The second update is going to be about Catherine Grosby. So it's funny because we have posted our episode. We usually tape on Tuesdays if we can, right? Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And we had taped that Tuesday. And then the following Monday, we released the episode. And I got a message from one of our friends and somebody who was in book club with us who said it was the story about his sentencing And she was like, funny, the timing on this. And then I sent it to Jess and I was like, look, we have an update. (laughs) I just thought it was funny because I hadn't like I, I looked at so many websites and I looked through so many things and I hadn't seen an update on her case. And I was like, I read that it was because he was facing his charges in Maricopa County, right? Right. Yeah. I hadn't seen anything. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep a lookout for it. And then all of a sudden, she sends me that message. Then I'm going through Facebook. It's popping up on Facebook everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is weird. My phone is definitely watching me. (laughs) And and that's just in case anybody wants to know, that's episode 17, The Teacher and the Con Man. Yeah. And it was the story of how she bailed him out of jail. And so according to the article that I was sent and a couple other articles I looked at, Charlie Malzon was given a life sentence with no chance of parole in Coconino County. And Grosby's mother was upset that he avoided the death penalty in his plea deal, which I could understand. She said, and this is a quote, life in prison is a gift. What choice did Catherine have? There is no justice for Catherine today. It's mercy we give you. So I guess in June of this year, but it wasn't public knowledge, at least in all of the research I did, he pleaded guilty to first-degree murder, abandonment of a body, and other charges, including theft of means of transportation, theft of a credit card, and armed robbery. 
because he took her car. He tried to take that other person's car. He. Yeah. And he only took the keys. Yeah. He did a lot of crazy shit. Judge Dan Slayton agreed with her mom and his statement said, you'll leave here and leave with the same heaviness and emptiness you've expressed that you felt for almost the past five years. What I've seen here is a tremendous amount of love for each other. I hope the feeling of love and kindness to each other will enable you to find peace. Uh, Grosby's father, who was a soldier and a firefighter, told the court nothing he could have experienced compared to knowing his daughter had been stabbed to death and then run over with her car. Mm-hmm. So remember I said, like, not a lot of stuff has come to light. Well, I'm now that this has come to light, I'm there might be more updates in the future if I can get copies of, like, the court reports and stuff like that. So he said, I didn't know it was possible to feel so much pain without being physically injured. People talk of closure. To me, there will never be closure, only the terrible pain of losing my daughter. Again, her remains were found on private property in Mayer, Arizona, about 85 miles south of Williams. Along with multiple stab wounds, she had broken ribs and defensive wounds, and the remains were identified using dental records because she was beat so severely. Ray Grosby and his son, Corey, visited the site Tuesday morning that was encircled with stones and dotted with green pinwheels for her. Her family and friends also wore green, and this was all to honor her love for the Green Bay Packers. And some of the necklaces her father had made after she died had a Mickey Mouse and a green emerald for Mm -hmm. stuff that she loved. Her stepmother also made a statement, and she said, and this is another quote, she was a smart and fun person who was driven in any project she took on. And unfortunately, she had this flawed belief that anybody could be rescued with enough kindness and compassion. And while that served the kids she taught and the pets she rescued, unfortunately, with her murderer, it cost her her life, which I think... That quote right there just speaks like volumes. Like, I know there are people out there who want to believe that they're the best. There's the best in everyone, right? But that's sometimes just not true. Yeah, that is tragically, poetically sad. Yeah. And he definitely saw this vulnerability in her and took advantage of that and took her life. There are people out there, men and women, who do that to people. And it's just good to be aware that that happens. I think it's good to remember that. Um, After showing a slideshow of her funeral, relatives and her two friends made statements too. They talked about how kind she was, how much she loved teaching. They also said her murder has made it hard for them to trust and to want to help others. I could see that. I for sure understand that. Yeah. And, Her aunt, Michelle, also made a statement saying Catherine was not an airhead, stupid, or, quote, should have known better. She was strong, intelligent. She was a strong, intelligent, capable woman who thought she was doing the right thing. Um, Which, again, I could, that relates so much to what her stepmother said, right? Like, and I can kind of understand you, especially when you love someone and she, she loved him in some way, right? She loved the person that he pretended to be, right? which and is so easy to do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you're blaming the victim, you're wrong. Yeah. You're part of the problem here. She, The only thing that she did, quote unquote, wrong is love someone and want to help them. And is that wrong? What was wrong is he His, used he her did. kindness. He abused her kindness. He knew, like... He had this long, extensive history, and his stepdad 
was the chief of police in his town. He knew right from wrong. He just chose to do drugs, which altered his thinking, probably. But he didn't have to kill her. Grosby's sister-in-law also made a statement saying that her three children have great memories of their aunt and they were greatly affected by her death. So all of these people who are feeling loss, right? She said, I'm wanting to make the point that I'll never be able to forgive him for taking the innocence from them, having to know what murder is at such a young age. Gosh, yeah. Just heartbreaking. And all of these statements, I'm like, wow, they said so much with what little words they used, right? And that's, The update I have for that case, basically, he pleaded guilty so that he wouldn't get the death penalty, which, you know, everybody has their own beliefs on the death penalty. Um, Obviously, her family, which I think is the the number one victim in all of this besides Catherine herself, they wanted the death penalty. That's what they thought of as their idea of justice, and they're not going to get to have that. Yeah, he'll sit in jail. Yeah, his life will be gone. But, like, so is her life. He's alive. Yeah. And she's Keep not going to come back. Yeah. Right. So it's just sad. It It's really sad because in both of these cases, right, these women loved the wrong person. They thought that they were loved. They saw this idea that these men had made up of themselves probably because they narcissists are really good at that. They're really good at pretending to be somebody that they're not, pretending to be the person that you want them to be and to put forward this face of love and compassion and kind of like mirror the things that they see that you need. Right. Mm -hmm. And the sad thing is there are people who have kind hearts and who are loving and see the best in everybody who are so easily taken advantage of. And it's not fair. Yeah. Thank you for the updates on those. And, you know, we'll keep an ear out for any other updates in the future and, Make sure we'll probably do these update episodes periodically as things, you know, become more public. Yeah. And um, if you guys see any updates or anything, again, send it to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you follow us so that we can keep everyone updated. Yeah. But I just want to say thanks to everybody who listens because it's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Additional information for each case can be found on our website, truthliesandalibis.buzzsprout.com. New episodes will be uploaded every Monday. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at truthliesandalibis. Lies and Alibis.